What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Murder in Illinois is a production of iHeartRadio. Five weeks after the killings, a grand jury indicted Christopher Vaughn on four counts of first-degree murder in connection with the shooting deaths of his wife and three children. His family has never shared their story or spoken publicly about the murders the investigation, or Chris, until now. Oh, he has always been curious. If, if there was a puzzle, he had to do it. If something was broken, he would try to fix it. Long before Christopher Vaughn was known as a killer, he was a son and a brother in the Vaughn family of Missouri by way of Indiana, the eldest of Gail and Pierre Vaughn's three boys. I compare the other boys to him, and I would say they were more typical. But if we gave Chris something to do, the way he did it would be slightly different than I would do it or somebody else would do it. That was just him. He had his own way of doing things. When Gail speaks of her three sons, there's a definite sparkle in her voice that shimmers with pride. But when she shares specific memories of Chris as a child, there's also a sense of awe. Chris was a natural, (laughs) anything he touched, he could do. He was really good at sports. His academic achievements are amazing. There was one time, it was Christmas, and he had asked for an R2-D2. It was a little motorized robot. Well, he was so excited when he opened it up and he just, his eyes just, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know, and he's just bouncing around and then he disappeared. And we were still opening gifts, but he is gone. Well, 
about an hour or two later, he comes out of his bedroom and he was so excited because he came out with a a walking dinosaur holding an object like a, a card in front of him. What he'd done is he'd taken his R2-D2 apart and along with some of his other toys, made a dinosaur butler that tried to carry objects. The way he could think was amazing. If, if you have a routine and you do something a certain way all the time, but it takes you 20 minutes to do it, he would look at what you're doing and he would be able to get the result that you got faster than what you did in 20 minutes. It, it was just aggravating sometimes because you think, man, I've done this forever and look at this little squirt. He just showed me how to do it better and more efficiently. Whoa. Now that took quite a bit from us parents not to, Chris, do it this way. Because we tried not to do that. We tried really hard, all the boys. Think on your own, you know, think out of the box. Don't always go with the crowd. So that's kind of what we got. I'm Lauren Bright Pacheco, and this is Murder in Illinois. During his trial, Christopher Vaughn was portrayed by the prosecution as a fairly monstrous person, a selfish, emotionless man who thought nothing of murdering his wife and three children. But that depiction is at odds with the Chris the people closest to him claim to know. As we start to unpack this case, it's important to understand who Vaughn was, according to those who have known him his entire life. For more than 30 years, before Christopher Vaughn was a headline villain and later a convicted killer, he was a son and a brother. The eldest of three, Chris's creative mind set him apart early on. Here's his brother, Eric, the younger by 13 months. Well, I am definitely a middle child, which in my, in my definition is an instigator and the mood lifter. Chris has always been kind of a, kind of a rock. He was the brains of the three of us until little brother got older, but he would always be curious on technologies and, you know, he took apart my parents' first computer and ended up blowing it up, which was not a good deal. But he was always curious as to, you know, how things worked and, and stuff like that. Being so close in age, Eric and Chris were excited about the prospect of having a younger sibling, but only a brother. Here's their dad, Pierre. There was a time, too, that when we were living in Indiana, we found out Gail was pregnant with Adam, that the boys huddled in their room for all morning, and they come out, and they told Gail. They said, um, yeah, we decided that you need to have another boy because we really don't want a girl, and if we have a girl, we'll have to send her back. Of course, they were like 
three and four years old when that happened. So that was pretty cute. Until recently, Pierre, who also goes by the nickname Pete, kept busy as an estimator and product manager for a large painting company. He shares his wife's love of all things outdoors. Given the activities they've just finished or are about to set out on each and every time I call, I joke they're the most active retired couple I know. Here's the youngest Vaughn, Adam's take. I think my dad probably spearheads that, uh, no pun intended with his enjoyment of the outdoors. Uh, he's always, for as long as I can remember, he's always been into to fish, fishing and hunting, uh, just being out, outside, always doing something in the yard, whether uh, that's maintenance or, or improvement. He doesn't sit still very well. So out of doors is just always a really good, good place for him. Uh, he always said that uh, he could, you know, sit in a deer stand or, or on a boat fishing and, uh, and just to relax and decompress from from work and all that. And he attempted to pass that that love of out of doors onto my brothers and I. We did do a lot of fishing growing up. Gail says Chris had an interesting spin on that from an early age. We taught the boys how to fish for catfish because they were ponds only used for children to fish in. But the fish didn't realize that they were in a small pond and they were very large catfish and and Chris showed his brother how to catch one after we caught a couple he watched and and he would he always think of ways to make things better so what he did was he would lock his reel once he got a bite and he just turned to the shore and run full speed dragging the fish out of the water with him (laughs) so he wouldn't have to reel it in Exactly. So all the other kids were watching him going, wow. So pretty soon there were other children doing the same thing. And you know, the catch ratio was much better that way. The Vaughn boys enjoyed a childhood of camaraderie and healthy competition, according to Pierre. The three boys were close. Uh, Chris and Eric, you know, they were always doing boy things, picking on each other and stuff like that. And they, you know, those two were close enough where they, they would challenge each other, whether we were practicing archery or fishing or whatever. Typical boys, they had to, you know, have a challenge all the time. So it was a competition. But, um, no, they were always great. And they looked out after each other. And if one of them needed help doing something, you know, Chris would jump in and help them. And, and the other ones would, too. Adam a few years later, but they included him in the brotherhood. Chris, in particular, was a huge influence on his youngest brother. Chris was quite a role model for most of my childhood, uh, being five years older than I am. He was kind of the, the trendsetter in the house, being the, the oldest child. He, uh, he had to clear the path with the parents. And between Chris and, and my other brother, Eric, they, they were able to uh, explore both ends of the spectrum, uh, which allowed me to learn from their mistakes and successes and plot a path right down the middle. I looked to Chris a lot for some of the direction during my what I would consider my formative years. Simple things such as his, his passion for, for soccer or his ability to buckle down and, and do well in school. Even now, decades later, somewhat shadowed by the exhaustion and sadness of the tragedy they've weathered. 
There's a fondness and affinity for the bond the brothers have shared since childhood. Here again is Eric. You know, we were pretty close, the three of us, even with the age gap for a younger brother. Uh, but we were the ace team, Adam, Chris, Eric, is what we dubbed as kids, which is pretty cool. We didn't have a lot of the video games and stuff like that. We got creative, went outside and, and did stuff, played outside. And Tell me a little bit more about that. It really sounds like your parents instilled a love of outdoor activity for you guys. So just tell me how did the outdoors kind of become your playground? Well, I think what started at a pretty early age, I was probably maybe five, six, seven range. On weekends, usually either Saturday or Sunday, mom and dad would load us up in the back of the pickup truck and we'd go out to Bush Wildlife, which is a wildlife area that has like 40 some odd man-made lakes. And we'd spend the whole day fishing. If we got bored fishing, then we had brought games and stuff. So we'd go back to the truck and play games and we'd have a picnic lunch. And as we got a little older and parents trusted us a little more, we would go fishing. They, it actually, you could rent a, like a John boat, but they wouldn't give us the, the trolling motor. We had to row with oars. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it was like the three stooges in a boat. According to Adam, that sense of humor wasn't limited to the water. One thing comes to mind that makes him smile. Chris was um, probably about medium height and build. Um, uh, Eric was a little smaller and a little thinner, uh, whereas I was always the large one in the group. I always carried a little bit more weight than I wanted to. So for a number of years there, I was actually larger than, than Eric. What Chris and Eric figured out is that one of them could stand behind me. It was almost like a ventriloquist skit where I would stand there and move my mouth and then one of them would talk from behind me. That was just kind of the, the teenage hijinks that we got into. The Vaughns all convey a functional family and a loving home. Again, here's Adam. I'd say we were we were a pretty tight-knit family. Both parents were uh, engaged in, in seeing that uh, my brothers and I followed the rules and, and did our best to, uh, to do whatever it is that we were tasked with doing, whether that be school or, or work or, or sports. My mom had the opportunity to, to stay home uh, most of my school years, uh, so she was she was around and, and involved. My dad worked, but he did uh, make the the effort to still interact with us quite a bit after work. He was, you know, a baseball coach for Chris and Eric for quite some time. The cool thing about that was it was a, it was kind of a family thing, uh, and I got to be the the bat boy for a number of years as well. So. Uh, that was one of the, the family type events that we did.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. While it sounds like Gail and Pierre gave Chris and his brothers an idyllic childhood, with three boys you'd imagine there would be the potential for a lot of fights or physical altercation. But that was against family rules. And it was also against Chris's nature, according to Gail. He was pretty much kind all the time. I mean, he wasn't a mean-spirited person. He still isn't. Well, the first rule of the house was you can't hit the other person. You can holler at them, but you're not supposed to smack anybody. So there was no physical fights between them or anything, and they they were all just really good and worked, played well together all the time. He was just so good. Nothing we found in Chris Vaughn's upbringing or history suggests a predisposition or inclination towards any sort of violent behavior. His mother recalls he had a special affinity towards animals. Yes, that, that is true. He's especially like cats, all kinds of cats, domestic, panthers, tigers, makes no difference, just as long as it was a cat. And, and he admired their abilities the most because they were independent. They were great parents to their cubs. They have an ability to observe and ponder before pouncing instead of like a dog just rushing in. Growing up, 
that seemed to be what he was tr- trying to strive for as in, in his abilities to be independent and to observe before he did something. And we did have one cat when he was growing up in Manchester, along with our great name. Her name was Stormy, and she was just a regular domestic cat. And Chris had a lot of patience. And he taught her to do tricks, and he taught her to sit up and wave. And he could tell her to wave one, one paw or wave the other paw. And then he also taught her to play fetch, among other things. Those are the things I remember the most, because it's kind of hard to get a cat to bring you anything back unless they want to. That patience and sensitivity seems to have gone hand in hand with a bit of introversion. Many I've interviewed describe Chris, particularly in his youth, as quiet and thoughtful. There was one time in elementary school he was going to be in a Christmas play, and he was all dressed out in his little outfit. And when it came for him to go on to stage, he crawled under his desk and stayed there. He didn't want to be on the spotlight. But as he got older, he got a little better because he and a girl in junior high for a speech contest, they did a, like a little skit about Mark Twain. And uh, he did really, really, really well. And he, he started coming out of his shell a little bit. That may have coincided a bit with teenage hormones and Chris's growing effect on girls. Here's how Adam puts it. I was definitely able to, to catch the eyes of, of the fair sex. I was always envious of that as well. As I said, he uh, he was he was kind of the goal of, of what I wanted to to be. Back to Gail. Well, he enjoyed talking to girls. I mean, Chris was and is a very good-looking young man. Um, they would just do anything to talk to him. But he really didn't date, so to speak. He was shy for dances. He didn't want to do that. And we didn't pressure him, but he would talk to his girls on the phone. And it seemed like there for a while, he had all of his girlfriends were the name of Christy, Kristen, Chrissy. He told me that that was so, if he said their name, they all sounded the same. And they wouldn't know he was talking to somebody else. But while he may have joked about it with his mom, Chris wasn't overly comfortable with female attention. No, they overwhelmed him sometime, and he just kind of took it in stride and treated him nicely, but he just did not single any one girl out, which drove him crazy. And then, right before Chris's first year of college, he finally met the girl who would end up breaking that pattern. He and his brother Eric were working at a miniature golf place, and two girls came past. This one girl made a comment to him and he he goes oh really and somehow he just picked her ball up and threw it in the water well uh, then she demanded he got her another ball and it seemed like he was just instantly smitten with her I mean it was just a click he was just there That encounter wasn't just by chance. Through a mutual friend, his brother Eric met the girl he thought Chris needed to meet. And in a way, Chris's fate was sealed, irrevocably. With introducing Chris to Kimberly, 
through Kimberly's friend, Colleen. I knew Colleen from when I was in middle school and high school. Her parents owned the golf driving range. And that summer, I was working as a painter's apprentice from the company, my painting company my dad worked for during the day. And then, you know, I would go from there to the golf driving range after they closed and helped pick up golf balls. Well, one evening when I was up there, Kim was up there visiting Colleen. So I just got to talking with them and a little bit. And then I went home, you know, the next day, told Chris that he, he really needed to come up and, and meet this person. You know, I think he, they'd work together. Even though Kimberly was a bit older, Eric thought she'd nicely balance Chris's more quiet, introspective nature. You know, my first impression, she was very bubbly. You could see that she, she was pretty intelligent, just with the witty comments that she would come back with when I was making jokes or picking on her. Slender, blonde, several years older than myself, so I wasn't you know, necessarily interested. But I could tell she had a really good personality and all in all seemed to be like a nice person. That was my first impression of her, for sure. Once Chris and Kimberly started hanging out, things progressed quickly. They would come over and, you know, she'd bring her school books and and stuff like that. And they would sit in the front room and talk and, and, you know, appear to be doing homework or studying or whatever. He would go see her in the evenings whenever he was available. And, you know, it was more frequent that they were hanging out. So it was noticeable that, uh, you know, they were getting to know each other better. Gail picks it up here. From there, they started dating. I mean, seriously dating. Dinner, movies, drive, picnics, and going to her, her house a lot. Chris and Kimberly apparently became serious right away. Instantly. I mean, there was no in-between. Uh, just from just talking to all the girls uh, to... One. But Pierre didn't necessarily feel they were an ideal match. She was more or less the one decided that she wanted to be with Chris. But in talking with Chris, other than having a good time when they were together, they really had nothing in common. Having raised Chris and his brothers to have strong and active ethics, both in terms of work and recreation, Pierre and Gail found Kimberly's inclinations more sedentary and cerebral. With Chris, we had him doing so many different things, and he worked as summer help in construction. I had him out in the field painting and delivering goods to the painters, and so he got some construction experience. And Kimberly, like Kimberly's family, they're bookworms. They're college people, and you they, know they never camped. They ne- they hiked. They, they stayed in house when they weren't studying or reading books they were watching tv so they they weren't outdoors people at all so chris was like this amazing person that knew a lot about everything and and she was very sheltered so you know that was another thing that she liked about him we want to reiterate here that the phillips family has declined our request for an interview what we are presenting is the vaughn's take on the dynamic between the young couple one in which they saw Chris as the protector, even though he was younger than Kim by two years. Chris was always the knight in shining armor. He was always rescuing 
And Kimberly came across as being very, very needy. And she was always arguing with her parents and she was in tears about something that happened during the day. And he was always trying to boister her up and make her happy again and try to solve her problems. And as Chris was heading to college, there was another reason why the Vaughns may have wanted that to be his focus. Here's Adam. I do remember a conversation between uh, my parents and Chris prior to Chris leaving for school um, in regards to Kimberly. At that point, Chris was the first Vaughn that I was aware of that attended college. My parents told him pretty directly that they didn't anticipate his relationship with with Kimberly to be a long-term situation because they, they wanted him to focus on school. Uh, and Chris, of course, uh, took offense to that, um, as as most hot-blooded uh, teenage boys will, and said he would find a way to to make it work. Did you ever think in a million years that Chris would come home from college and tell you guys he was getting married? No. Well, that's not entirely true. I remember one Friday night at Pizza Hut, uh, we had a conversation basically to the effect that with three boys, this was my dad talking. He expected us at some point to be curious and, and eventually to want to, to be with a girl. Uh, it, was, it was my dad's attempt at, at telling us to use protection if we ever chose to, to go that route. That got me thinking, oh wow, I guess my brothers are, are into things more advanced than, than where I currently was. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to 
bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. During Chris's first and only year of college in Missouri, he was traveling to see Kim fairly often. Here's Gail. She was going to Mizzou at the time in Columbia, and he was in Rolla, Missouri, so he would make the trip quite often and not tell us about it. There was just no way you could put a wedge between them. And while Chris had traditionally done fairly well in school, Gail believed his growing relationship with Kim started to change that. Back in high school, all of his classes were honors classes. He had been on the honor roll the entire high school four years. And then once he got to Rolla and Kimberly, his grades started showing signs of stress. I, his, his report cards were terrible and he just couldn't concentrate. It's interesting that Gail pointed out that what she perceived from Chris was stress rather than happiness. But academic achievements in general represented very different goals to both families. Here's Pierre's take on the Phillips. They're basically professional students. They went to college and they got their degrees and they kept going back and got more degrees. And they eventually, you know, worked around the college. Keep in mind, Chris was the first Vaughn to attend college, while one of Kim's sisters obtained multiple graduate degrees. According to the Vaughn family, the discrepancy left them feeling judged. Here's Eric. Especially Kim, one of Kim's sisters. I mean, even up into the incident that happened in 07, she was still, she had a doctorate and multiple master's degrees, and she was a lifelong student. That pretty much ran on their side of the family, I think, with Susan. Susan being Kim's mother. I believe she had a master's degree also in teaching. If you didn't have that, you weren't good enough for anybody type attitude. I just let it roll off my shoulder. It's like, oh, well, I mean, you know, I'm not a book smart person. I'm more of a street smart. You know, you show it to me once, I can stand up and give a presentation on it versus they were very much book-smart individuals. Especially in the early stages of the relationship, the Vaughns didn't have many encounters with Kim's family, but when they did, they felt definite discomfort. Eric recalls a holiday dinner they attended at the Phillips' home. Well, we went over and we met Kimberly's parents for the first time, and it was definitely an odd odd family. Her dad and her mom had a unique relationship coming from my family and seeing their family is like, I don't know how this works. And I I remember thinking to myself, if I had to grow up in a house like this, I wouldn't be home very much at all because I wouldn't want to be here. Decades later, this is how he remembers that evening. Kim's mom definitely ran the household. She was a teacher at a local high school and Kim's dad, Dell. Uh, he was a attorney, ex-Army guy, I believe, and he was very submissive. 
she asked him to do anything, he'd jump up and just go run and do it. And I had not ever seen, you know, married couple act like that before. It was not cut the tension with a knife type, but it was definitely awkward. My parents' opinion, if I remember correctly, it was, we're doing this for Chris and Kim. We really don't want to be here type thing just because it just felt weird when you were there. That and Kim's mom couldn't cook worth a darn. So, you know, my mom being a, a really good cook and which rubbed off on me, you know, very critical on, you know, the dishes that they chose to serve. So Eric recalls the time frame of that meal was odd too. Yeah, we got there at like six o'clock. They waited until we got there to actually start cooking it. In my mind, I would have prepped the stuff because there's a lot of like chopping and and preparing that you could have done ahead of time, but they didn't. They waited until we got there to start cooking. So when we got there, you know, Kimberly was helping her mom and Tim's dad, Dell, was in the living room watching TV and my parents and you know I were I was kind of bouncing back and forth instead of sitting in front of the TV but yeah we came over to expecting dinner not to sit and awkwardly converse for almost three hours before eating. Kim and Chris's relationship progressed in an equally awkward way for both families. Here's Gail. I had a very strong reaction. Chris came back on Valentine's Day or Mother's Day and says well, um, I'm going to marry Kimberly because we're expecting. And being the knight in shining armor, he was going to take care of what he had done. And I was very upset with him, to say the least. That actually put a little rift in between us for a while, but I got over it because he was determined. He had a determination that when he started something, he was going to finish it. And he was actually looking forward to a family. Christopher Vaughn was 19. Pierre was upset too, especially since he believed Kimberly's father had been enabling the situation the entire time without Gail or Pierre's knowledge. I had pretty much the same reaction as Gail did. I was I was not happy with it. And then, like I said, we found out later that her father was driving her down for the weekends and stuff like that. And just dropping her off and supposedly staying with a girlfriend, but it never turned out that way. Yeah, she was really staying in Chris's dorm because his roommate was either staying with somebody else or gone home for the weekends and stuff like that. And then one thing led to another and we were grandparents. But uh, like Gail said, you know, Chris took responsibility for it and everything like that, even though he was not happy with the situation either. He wasn't going to walk away from it. We will be revisiting the unexpected nature of Kim's pregnancy in another episode. But at the time, Eric wasn't all that aware of the real reason his older brother was getting hitched. He didn't come out and tell me he was getting married or the reason for getting married necessarily. But he alluded to it, and, you know, I kind of drew a conclusion. Okay, they've been dating for six, seven, eight months or so. They seem to be pretty serious. I mean, that's natural progression. 
Their wedding day perhaps included a slight foreshadowing of problems to come. The wedding itself went off without a hitch. You know, when they got to the point of the pastor said, if anybody has objections, please say so now. And then lightning struck. That was a little awkward. It didn't rain. It was just like a heat lightning or something like that. So it made a big boom. He had finished saying it, and then within like 10 seconds, you know, it happened. <laughs> it was just like, okay, that's weird. Uh, everyone kind of looked around at each other and kind of, you could tell everyone was snickering a little bit amongst themselves. But standing up in front, looking back on the everybody in attendance, it was kind of funny. He was still a teenager, but Chris brought that same driven ethic he'd applied to academics and life in general into his marriage. Here's Pierre. He responded very well. He was working full time and trying to upgrade his job a couple times a year. It was pretty amazing because he would change jobs, you know, a half dozen times a year just to improve himself. And every time he did, he he made more money. But as far as taking responsibility, Jim really didn't cook. So he after work he would come home and cook the meals and stuff like that. As newlyweds, Chris and Kim weren't quite able to afford their own place at first, especially with a baby on the way. Here again is Eric. Once they got married, they stayed with Dell and Susan for quite a while because they didn't have their own place. And then at some point in time, they stayed with my parents. My dad and I and Chris, we made a, a apartment with a full bathroom in the, ba- the basement at my parents' house. They kind of kept to the, themselves. When they were there in the house, they were downstairs, and I really didn't go down and bug them too often. Here's Gail's take. They had nowhere to stay, and they had no money. So we had a downstairs apartment, a one-bedroom, and that's where they stayed until two days before they induced our granddaughter's birth. And after that, um, they stayed with Kimberly's mom and dad, and Kimberly's mom and dad were overly protective and didn't really let anybody come and visit. According to both Pierre and Gail, Kim's family started to edge out the Vaughns from the young couple's lives, and they perceived it as judgmental. Basically, Kimberly's parents' attitude towards Chris and our family was that we were the people who lived on the other side of the tracks, and we were dumb and illiterate because we didn't have college educations. And that was a big deal in their family, college. Apparently, Kimberly didn't escape that judgment either. Actually, they looked down on Kimberly because she hadn't gotten a diploma on some specific venue. She never followed her master's or did any dissertations to create anything. So her parents actually treated her just like they treated us at times. After Abigail was born, Gail says Kim's parents quickly turned into gatekeepers of sorts, making it hard for the Vaughns to visit. My parents were still alive and at the time of the birth of Abigail, and we were all so very excited. And my parents came up to celebrate and come and see the baby, and we were actually turned away at the door of Kimberly's moms saying that... um, They were busy, and they didn't have time to see them, us, which my mom was 
brokenhearted, pretty much. The Vaughns say they weren't even allowed to visit until months after the baby was born. At least two or three months. So she was probably three months old when we really started to get to see her, because that's when Kim's mom said it was okay for them to come out and visit the world. In addition to restricting access, Gail and Pierre claim Kimberly's mom asserted an odd control over the way Kim and Chris parented. Well, Kimberly's mom had weird ideas on different things. She said, baby shouldn't be in sunlight, the baby shouldn't drink water, this, that, you know, things. It was just very strange. Eventually, things loosened up, and Gail and Pierre were able to visit as often as they could. Kim and Chris had finally gotten a place of their own, just in time for more news. Wasn't too long after that that they moved out of Kimberly's parents' house and, and got an apartment. And uh, so then we could we could come over and see the kids. Or Kim, it Abby. was just Abigail at the time. Yeah. And then we found out <clears throat> that uh, Kim was pregnant with uh, Sandy. Then Chris just kept building from there. And he decided that the apartment that he had was not big enough. So they he took it upon himself to get a house built. The kids came quickly. Their firstborn, Abigail, and their second, Cassandra, were born just a year apart. Chris applied an equally accelerated approach to applying for employment, atypical but effective. Here's Gail. First, he applied for a job. And it wasn't just a small job. It wasn't a fast food. He was going for uh, executive status at, at major companies. And for some reason, they would call him back and say, send us your resume. And he says, no, I would rather have a face-to-face. And he never used a resume. What he did was he researched the company. He would find weaknesses within the company. Then when he was at the face-to-face, he would advise on how to strengthen or relieve the weaknesses. And he would actually just sell himself on how valuable he was on fixing their problem. And darn it, he got hired every single time. Even without a college degree, Chris would quickly create an impressive career that would bring affluence to his young family. Unfortunately, the couple's relationship would not be as successful. On the next Murder in Illinois, Kim and Chris present as a picture-perfect family, but behind closed doors, their marriage is marred by dysfunction and the stress of Chris's career. When nobody else was around, that dark side would come out. We noticed Chris turning more into a loner. He would be in the family, but he wouldn't laugh and be as happy. Kimberly's parents said, if you ever mistreat my daughter, or if you ever divorce my daughter or anything like that, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. I was contacted by a reporter. She told me of the terrible accident. Then she told me that there were four dead. Murder in Illinois is a production of iHeartRadio. 
Executive producers are Lauren Bright Pacheco and Taylor Shacoin. Written by Lauren Bright Pacheco and Matthew Riddle. Story editing by Matthew Riddle. Editing and sound design by Evan Tyre and Taylor Shacoin. Featuring music by Cicada Rhythm, with new compositions engineered and mixed by Evan Tyre and Taylor Shacoin. Someday you may hit a wall, decide it's over, and leave it all. It's just a joke. But what's the use chasing a dream without your music? podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get the stories that matter to you. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.